Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again today. I've got another great message from you, and I can tell you right now, if you will grasp what I gleaned from this passage this week, you'll never see this story the same again. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, the announcement that the angels gave the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. Now, we've been looking at Christmas in Luke. And we've looked at the plan that was given by Gabriel to um, to Mary and also to Joseph. We looked at the visit when Mary went to <clears throat> went to Elizabeth's house, and both of them were affirmed uh, that what the angel said to them was true. And then tonight, uh, or last week, we looked at the birth, and that is um, the the event when when Jesus uh, showed up. On, on time for the a specific reason of the salvation of the world. Now, today we're going to look at, at the announcement in Luke chapter 2. So while you're turning there, let me just go ahead and uh, confess to you, I've, I've kind of lost my voice last night. I dressed up like, like a deranged elf, and my friend Robert, he dressed up like a, a reindeer, and we had this epic Nerf war with all the kids at our church last night while we were we're playing the song, Run, Run, Rudolph, and they were shooting us. We were shooting them. It was awesome. Well, I was hollering, hello, say hello to my little friend, and and Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and I was hollering at him and all those things, and I've lost my voice. So today, you're going to hear this raspy voice, and you're going to hear me drink a little sip of coffee every once in a while. Sounds like this. And I just want to go ahead and apologize to you. My voice is not 100%, but we're going to get through this. All right, so do you have your scriptures? All right, look at Luke <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, the shepherds were just doing their thing, right? They, they were shepherding. And, and think about it, shepherding was a full-time job. And then, then some. It was twenty four seven, three sixty five. No, no doubt. They had to lead the sheep to the food. They had to make sure none of them wandered off. They had to protect them from the the bears and the lions and the and and the wolves and all those things. So there was a full time job, and then some. <clears throat> now, where they were shepherding was right outside of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a, a prime grazing area. It was located between the city of the priest, that's Hebron, we've been talking about that, and the city where the temple was located in in Jerusalem. In fact, these shepherds were so close to Jerusalem that they may have been uh, some of the shepherds who were raising the sheep for the sin sacrifices at, at the temple. And there's a good chance this was part of those folks. All right, so there's some discussion, and it's an age-old discussion of of why the angels appeared to to the shepherds, right? Well, the good shepherd, uh, most folks would say that the good shepherd appeared to the lowly shepherds as a sign that God loves the humble, and, and I'm in agreement with that. God always chooses the weak things in this world to confound and and to overcome the strong, and so. I have no problem with that. But think about this. 
if some of these shepherds were the sacrificial were, were shepherding the sacrificial lambs, then then the angel appeared to them, those shepherds who had dedicated their lives to caring for the sin sacrifices as mandated by the the law of the old covenant, right? That that would mean that that the angel's message was a was kind of a, a prelude to the message of the arrival of the one who would grow up to be the sin sacrifice for the new covenant. Now think about that. Whoa, that, that is cool. The first recorded public announcement of what would be the new covenant went to the Mosaic Law employees assigned to protect the sin sacrifices of the old covenant. Wow, that, that is so cool to think about that. All right, so let's move on. Verse 9. <clears throat> And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So this angel, he did the customary popping. We've been talking about that too. Angels just love to show up. He just popped in. And of course, the shepherds were afraid. It, it was the same kind of fear, I'm sure, that Mary had and Joseph had when the angel showed up uh, to give them that message too. Remember, sometimes when an angel showed up, it was a precursor of, of God's wrath, right? And so uh, they had to be calmed. I bet, I bet this angel was Gabriel. He's not named, but I can just see it. He he popped in. He comforted the shepherds. What did he say? He said, don't be afraid. That's the same calming message that he gave to Mary and Joseph. He said, I bring you good news. That's the revelation of Jesus, Emmanuel, God in person. That, that's the same prophetic message that he gave to Mary and Joseph. He announced great joy. People would eventually get very excited about this. That's the same joyful message that he gave to Mary and Joseph. And he included the phrase, all the people. Jesus came for everyone. That's the same inclusive message given to Mary and Joseph. Okay, so I bet this was Gabriel, and he did his customary pop-in. All right, look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel gave the announcement. He referred to to Jesus as Savior. Now the uh, Israelites, they were they were of the thought that that the Savior would come to save them from the Romans, because that was in the context that they were immediately in. But the Romans didn't conquer them when that when that prophecy was given, right? So that that was wrong. They would later hear that that he came to save them from their sin, right? So uh, the angel referred to him as Savior for that reason. He also referred to him as as the Christ. Now that's that's the Greek word for Messiah, God with us. And then he referred to him as Lord. Now this is not the same meaning of of you know master like in some other places of the Bible. In fact, here and and in most places in the New Testament, Lord is a title of of deity. It's actually more of a, a formal name, not the most formal name, but a formal name of God when referring to the covenant that he offers. Okay, like like a lawyer is used to title a person who argues the law on your behalf, Lord is used to title the one who would offer a new covenant to you on God's behalf. All right, now look at verse 12. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby 
wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now here is a puzzling thing. The angel didn't give specific directions to find the baby. They didn't. I mean, what if, what if you wanted to get directions to a specific restaurant in a, in a very big city from your GPS, and the only information it gave you would be, you know, look beside a gas station. <laughs> you would be a little upset. Well, he didn't tell them where to look. He told them what to look for. They had to search for Jesus. It was, it was literally a treasure hunt. Why? Well, let's, let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 and following, and begins with a very, very well-known verse, but then it, it says something about this passage that we're in. Listen, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You know what that tells us? To find Jesus, your search for him is proof that you really want to find him. You got to want it. You really got to want to find Jesus to find him. Could it be that the angel was vague with the directions to make sure that these men really wanted to find Jesus? I believe that is the case. Now look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven. Now, let's stop there in that verse. Here we're going to see that the military got involved. All right? Most of us see this passage in the wrong context, the wrong light. This is a military moment. The host that he uses here is not a choir. It is a military force in battle array arranged like on the parade deck of, of, on a base, right? They were in full array. They were dressed for war. They were at attention and ready for action. We usually think of them with robes and candles, right? Gloria, doing some kind of choreographed uh, movements and holding their candles in excelsis Deo. Oh, my voice is rough today. Well, I kind of see it this way. The, the scriptures doesn't say they were singing. The scripture says they were saying so I see these guys, and they're holding their, their shields, and they're holding their spears, and they're beating, and they're saying, Glory to God, glory to God, in the highest, in the highest, peace on the earth, earth to those he favors, to those he favors. I see this as a battle cry from, from a great army. All right, and this cadence was, was both honoring to God, pleasing to God, and reassuring to the people with whom he finds favor. Look, in their battle cry, listen, in their battle cry, they refer, uh, they refer to the highest. That, that talks about heaven. Glory to God in the highest. That's actual spiritual heaven. 
And then they say, uh, refer to the word peace. And peace is not the absence of worldly conflict, although they were very ready to take that on. It wasn't their time yet. This refers to peace as in the justification with, that man can have with God. You, you who have his favor are no longer at enmity with God. That's what that peace that they spoke of meant. And those who would seek him out and receive Jesus would find favor with God. We have this, this idea of peace at Christmas so wrong. Christmas is not about peace and quiet during the holidays, a, a, a halt of a, a war or an argument between family members. It's This peace is the relationship between God and those who love him. I love what John MacArthur says here. He says, God's peace is not a reward for those who have goodwill, but a gracious gift to those who are the objects of his goodwill. And the angels, the angels were announcing this peace. And then the scripture says that the angels went away into heaven. And this is another reason why I think we have this wrong image of this, of this scene in our mind. It doesn't say they went to heaven. It says they went into heaven. Now, there's a difference. In, in the original language, the word heaven is, can be used to describe a couple of things. There is the word oparadesos, and that, oparadesos, and that means the spiritual heaven, the literal heaven where God's throne is. But here is the word uranos. And that's the physical sky, the, the atmosphere, the space. So this passage literally says they disappeared into the sky. They stepped back behind a cloud, just out of sight. Think about it. Why, why would they do this? Think, think about this. Jesus was, was a vulnerable little baby, okay? The devil had expected his, his, um, his coming, he was promised, remember way back in the very beginning after the fall, God told the serpent, God told the devil, it says there will become, there will come a seed of a woman who will crush your head. He'd been looking for this seed of a woman ever since, right? So he was, he was very aware of this child. He was very aware that this child was born in a very unusual circumstance, born to a virgin. He knew this was the child. If those angels had returned to heaven outside of the realm where they could have protected this baby, oh, you better believe Satan would have pounced on him. He would have pounced on him. But no, they still were around. So he had to go to plan two. The devil started putting in the ear of Herod some ideas that he needed to kill all of the babies that were two years and younger because they were a threat to him. See, the angels didn't leave. In fact, I think personally, now I, this scripture doesn't back this up, but it's a lot of things the scripture doesn't talk about. I think they were there for 30 years. I think they cared for him for 30 years until he went into the wilderness and after the temptation, they cared for him and they left. Kind of like Marines who have that, that grueling event at the end of their training and then they receive their status as Marines. I think this is, the, this is what all of these angels were there for. This is the battle they'd been waiting for and, and they didn't go far. All right, look at verse 15. And when the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So the shepherds reacted when they received this announcement. They left the sheep. Think about it. They walked off the job site. Don't don't miss this not-so-subtle point right here, okay? The sacrificial lambs were abandoned. They left. They heard the message and left. And they found him, just as the angel said. Now, how affirming was that? To everyone involved, it was affirming for the shepherds. The angel was right. They heard him right. It was exactly like they described. It must be true. It was affirming for Mary. I mean, someone came to see her baby. Every mother wants visitors to come see their new baby. Someone came to see her baby in a not-so-good birthing situation, but they came to see her baby. It was affirming to Joseph. I I think of, of it this way. Joseph, being the carpenter, thought, Yes, blue-collar friends came to see me. I was hoping it wasn't going to be the priests. (laughs) I'm a little uncomfortable around them, right? Everyone was glad these shepherds reacted in this way. All of them. I'm glad that some of our own have reacted in this way to a message from God. We're going to hear from them this weekend. They'll also be on Dot Life. The video testimony of them will be on Dot Life. Don't miss it. Go and check that out. But the shepherds reacted. The shepherds reacted. Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. All right, so the shepherds reported the story. And they, they said it, right, when they saw it. Now, it, don't be offended. <laughs> They're not talking about baby Jesus. They're not referring to Jesus as an it. Moms don't really like that too much, do they? They were talking about the scene as described by the angels. When they found this scene, the baby lying in the manger, okay, when they saw it, then they told the story. Now, I guess not to the people who were there because no one else is listed in scriptures as being there. So they told this to everyone who would listen after they found the Christ child about the announcement from the angel concerning who this child really is, Savior, Christ, Lord. And this passage says that when they told it, that people wondered. They All who heard it wondered, right? They marveled. They were amazed. They, they, their curiosity was was uh, peaked and tweaked. Now, not this doesn't mean they necessarily believed or accepted the truth, but they were at least in awe of this story. Verse 19, And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God with all they had heard and seen as had been told to them. Worship followed. I mean, these people, they were worshiping. The people were amazed, but, but Mary and the shepherds, they worshipped. Mary, in her heart, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasured the truth in her heart, and often she thought about who her baby really was. But the shepherds went back to work, and they worshipped God. There was a, an extra spring in their step, joy in their heart, and I'm sure that cadence was in their mouths. They were working, wrangling up those sheep, glory to God. And, and they, I'm sure that was, that was the case, right? So that's the, that's the announcement story. So that's the scripture. So what are we to do from this? Well, one, you need to expect a word from God. 
Do your thing, live your life, go to school, go to work, but expect messages from God. Now, don't seek angels. Angels will show up if they need to show up, but you don't seek angels. You read your Bible. You need to get one of those compact Bibles, keep it in your book bag, keep it in your briefcase, keep it in your lunchbox, and read that Bible. And pray, Lord, reveal to me. Remember, Jer- Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Search for his revelations and expect God to, to tell you those big things, right? Really want to hear from God. What does he say? Call to me and I will talk to you. So be in expectation of that. Secondly, see and receive the real Jesus. Jesus was a special baby. He is the real deal. Not just a good, very moral, principled person. He wasn't just a, a great, well-spoken teacher or religious man. Look look at him through the, the lens of truth. God in the flesh. That's Jesus. The perfect human conceived in virginity without any gene- genealogical sin like, like the rest of us. He who knew no sin would become sin for our sake and die for it. This child is the real deal. He came to save us. So abandon the sacrifices that you're trying to offer God for a chance at his favor. Because he's not wanting your religiosity. He's wanting a relationship with you, not a religion. Accept Jesus' new covenant by grace through faith have you been saved. This is a way to heaven in a relationship with the Father based on belief in the confession of Jesus Christ. See and receive the real Jesus. Thirdly, share the good news of Jesus' birth. You got to hurry. You got to tell someone, don't worry if they believe or not. That's, that's not your job. That's not our job. The Holy Spirit quickens and draws people to salvation. We just share the story. Share the good news of Jesus' birth and respond with worship. When you find Jesus, when you accept him as Savior, you should worship. <laughs> you should. When you understand who he is, that should lead you to worship. When you are changed by salvation, you should be caused to worship. When you go back to work, worship. When you go to school in those plastic cages, you should worship. When you're working out in the gym or walking outside, you should have your hands up worshiping. Worshiping when you find milk on sale. Worship when the gas fumes uh, are, are too full at, at the pump. Worship on the season aisle at, at Walmart. We're, we are to worship. I hope if you receive nothing else at Christmas, you receive the opportunity to worship. Right there in your home, worship. Just yield yourself to God. Accept His salvation. Offer yourself completely to Him. And then sing and, and pray using praises unto God. You, you should worship. That's what this announcement was all about. There's one coming who is God in the flesh who will save you from your sin. Now get excited about it. That's the Christmas message. 
I hope that that this encouraged you today. I, I hope that you are you are are seeking for chances to hear from God, seeking for chances to worship Him. If you're not a Christian, you would you would receive His forgiveness. Just ask for it. Tell Him what you've done. Tell Him that you're a sinner and you need Him and you want a relationship with Him. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You should do that. And your Christmas will never be this. Your life will never be the same again. If you'd like to talk about that, please email me at mike at fbcclover.com, as in First Baptist Church Clover, mike at fbcclover.com, and we can talk about that. And I can tell you how to have a relationship with Christ. Well, I hope this was a blessing to you. Have a great week. If you don't have a place to worship, you're welcome to worship with us here at 117 South Main Street in Clover, South Carolina. We're going to have two Christmas Eve services, one at 530 in the gym, one at 9 o'clock in the sanctuary, and you're welcome to come to one of those and worship with us. But until I see you again, be blessed and have a great week. Remember, God is pro-you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed and remember, God is pro-you.